CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, here we go. Hey, everybody, this is Charlie from Anthrax, and you are listening to Talking Metal, the show that just speaks and talks metal. Hey, everybody, this is Jordan Rudis from Dream Theater, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Charlie Benanti and Jordan Rudis are my guests today. And let me just say a big thanks to Eva New for helping coordinate the interview with Charlie. And a big thanks to Seth, a.k.a. Shreddy Mercury on Instagram. You guys got to check him out. Maybe I'll I'll link his uh, thing through the show notes today. He is the king of air guitar and the metal beer guy, uh, among many other things. Longtime friend to my good friend Josh Bernstein and... Emily's known him forever, really, probably longer than anybody. So uh, big thanks to Seth. I believe his last name is Leibowitz. And Eva New. Eva, if you don't know, she was a former producer of shows like The Headbangers Ball back in the day. And also Talking Metal on Fuse, the show I uh, had the privilege of being on, on on the Fuse Network. So big thanks to those two. This is episode 925, and we're going to take care of some business, and then we're going to get into the episode. want to let you guys know that we are doing a live stream in just two days on Thursday. That's right. This Thursday, John and I will be hanging out with all your favorite rockers and journalists and possibly a writer, Bobby Blitz of Overkill, I think is going to drop in, and some other big names too, we hope. So... Join us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Talking Metal, for the Talking Metal live stream this Thursday, May, what is this Thursday, May 20th? Yeah, May 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's going to be great, and we do that hang for about 90 minutes. We drink some dash vodka, of course. We have some cocktails. We talk rock with our favorite rockers. So please join us for the Talking Metal live stream in just two days. Also... Let's talk about Patreon. This is where people get bonus podcasts. It's where they get Talking Metal t-shirts. It's where they vote on what we might be talking about on on this show, you know, with, with our classic albums and all that type of stuff. So it's a great place to hang, and it is, more importantly, a great place to support. You don't have to hang there. Not everyone is engaged there. Some people just like to give money. I actually do that on Patreon with some of the people I support. I, I don't really get too much involved in their posts and stuff. I just like what they're doing in public and I want to support them. And that's why I give money to people on Patreon. If you like what I'm doing, please consider joining these people on Patreon. Adrian Cusick, Dane Damage, Madison Hatter, Seth B., Alan Jensen, 
Hank Reeves, John Simpson, Huckney Jacobson, John Barron, Ed Ferguson, Denny Striegel, Patrick Sabin, Jerry from Salt Lake City, Blue Walsh 21, Victor Guzman, Glenn Watson, Joey Vancherry, Gene Eugene DX, Sean Richmond, Mario Schrantz, Andrew Miller, Jeremy Weltman, Chris Riley, Johan Erdstrom, Steven Rodriguez, Tommy Henderson, Gregory Muse, Kenny McCrimmon, Leo Shaben, Brad Dahl, Dan Gurwan, Jerry from Long Island, Sam Soupy, Drake, Matt Carroll, Joe Ryan, Jason Seth, Stephen Saylor, Ron Keel, Jean Francois Blah, Anthony Mackey, James Bennett, David Gray, Fred Rutz, Michael Street, Mike Jones, Stephen Hoker, John Bovari, and Metal Dan. Yeah, let's get into the episode. <laughs> Hey, welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. We are here in South Orange, New Jersey. We just finished dinner, and we are having some drinks. There's a, a jazz band playing outside, which is literally across the parking lot, but they've, they've got some volume on them for sure. And we are inside, although the windows are opened, right? And Emily's here. She hasn't picked up her microphone yet, though. I'm <laughs> Sorry, I was busy. <laughs> Okay. Staring at this fish bowl that they first they bring me like this giant fish bowl of a drink that was a, a rose spritzer, and but it was mostly ice. I will admit. <laughs> Just kidding. That was a fake hiccup. Um, and then they and then we did get a second round, and this is the tiniest drink I've ever seen in my life. Like put these side right. by side. It kind of like comedic. Right. I should take a yeah. picture of this. Yes. Which one do you like better? Um. I like the smaller one, but if it were double the size. All right. Oh. <laughs> All right. So wh- why don't you tell the, the listeners what we just did before having dinner here? So you got to do your first in-person interview in forever. Well, yeah. not really. Well, not really, but kind of. Because you've done some Because we did Madison Hatter and Alan Tecchio on outdoors. the patio. Right. But as far as our first, yes, our first backstage or I guess it was in front of the stage because we were in the lobby the theater wasn't opened yet Uh, and that's where we did the interview and it was just you know it felt reminiscent of old times it felt like this wasn't you know talented friends of ours doing interviews on our patio which we've done recently which has been awesome by the way but this was I don't know it was the the experience of going to a venue and interviewing somebody again and just really meant a lot to me that Jordan took the time to do this. I really tracked him down through numerous different sources and our one friend, Seth Leibowitz, a.k.a. Shreddy Mercury on Instagram, he really um, put some muscle into it and made the interview happen, in my opinion. So thank you to Seth. Do you want to hear something kind of ironic that I just realized? The last sh- interview that you did backstage at a concert was also no, Jordan. I know, I know, yep. <laughs> did Jordan, you put two and two Jordan together? Ziff. I, Jordan Ziff. Jordan Ziff from It's funny, yeah, that you just said that because um, we, we, had, we had some other interviews that were done in person after that, but the, as far as backstage like and before a, a venue, show. Yeah, yeah, goes. That, that is true. Jordan Ziff all the way here to Jordan Rudis of Dream Theater. And, of course, we have Charlie Benente on the show, too. So stay tuned for both of these interviews. Um, great chat with both these guys. And I guess let's just get right into the um, 
interview here with Jordan. I am really, really digging the new Liquid Tension Experiment 3 album. Highly recommended. Definitely check it out. We're going to talk to Jordan about that right now here on Talking Metal. Jordan, we are here at the SOPAC Theater in South Orange, New Jersey, and I have to admit this is rather emotional for me because I'm so used to doing these interviews backstage and before shows, and this is the first one that I've done since, I guess, late 2019, so thank you for doing this. Uh, It really means a lot, and just so thrilled to attend a live show tonight, your show here at the SOPAC in South Orange, and yeah, I feel like it's time, and I know this is the third show that you've done on this tour or you're about to do. Can you tell us the emotions that you had walking back onto the stage? Yeah, I mean, it's really incredible. I feel like I closed the, they closed everything down with the show in Mexico City with Deep Purple, probably the last rock show that happened in the world, you know, I think literally. And then... Um, I guess it's kind of like I'm one of the ones who's opening it up again. I mean, it just kind of worked out that way. It wasn't necessarily planned. I had these shows booked previously, but they had to be postponed. Right. So they happen to be postponed to now when it's, you know, possible with some restrictions. But um, no, it feels amazing. I mean, it's just like, you know, I've been I've been doing a lot of streaming and, yeah. you know, all that. I learned a lot about that on, on my uh, time at home. But to be in front of people, I was a little bit nervous for the first show, which was, re- I mean, you know, I do shows all the time. Well, yeah. I was, but <laughs> hadn't done them in so long that I was literally feeling a little like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Totally. And, and you mentioned that last show before we started recording here, which is just amazing that you, basically the last show before this quarantine COVID stuff hit for you was walking on stage, filling in for 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 Don Ari of yeah. Deep Purple, right? Yeah, that was a big deal for me because not only was it a lot of music to learn, but you know, we grew up with those songs yeah. and and that I remember being like, you know, 17 and 18 years old and having the radio on and just hearing that and going, "Oh my god, what what is this music?" That was like the first progressive rock that I had ever heard. It really had an influence on me. So to play with Deep Purple was you know, it was a pretty big deal, especially because it was a huge show. It was like 40,000 people. So I walked on stage with them for the first time ever and just like, bam, it was like, wow. really, it was a big rush of energy. It was really intense. Wow. Amazing. And I know John Lord was a, one of the reasons he really got into to rock music, right? Yeah. I mean, he was, you know, an incredible keyboard player. You know, the, the reality is the reason I, the reason I went into, you know, playing rock keyboards was really more about like Keith Emerson and Rick Wakeman. Right. But John Lord, hey, as I said, that was some of the first, you know, progressive like rock music I heard and it definitely had an influence. Right on, right on. And let's talk about some great new music that has just hit. Liquid Tension Experiment is back after 22 years and just I listened to this record and just love it because for me there's I feel like a hopefulness in it. There's heaviness and some darkness, but there's also just instrumentally, because this is an instrumental record, I, I hear hope. Does that sound off base to you? or? Um, no, I mean, that's beautiful to hear you say that, because, you know, one of the nice things about Liquid Tension Experiment is we're not necessarily in the, like, darker metal vibe 
at all. I mean, like even Dream Theater has a little bit of that kind of darker sound, right. um, as proggy as it is. But Liquid Tension has the ability to kind of open it up to you know a more uh, joyful, happy major key kind of sound. And one of the things I wanted to do actually when I was thinking about the uh, composing process for the new album was to make sure that we had things that were very open sounding and hopeful is a good, you know, a good word for it. You know, melodic, just make right. you feel good, that kind of vibe. And of course that reunites you with, with Tony uh, on, on bass and Mike on, on drums. Now, Mike, had you done some work with Mike since he left Dream Theater before this? So the only thing that I did with Mike was um, we did a, the progressive rock cruise, Cruise okay. to the Edge. He invited me to do a song called Instrument Instrumentally, which is a big, progressive, crazy song. That So I joined him there and a couple other musicians, and it's, it's a tune that we did with Dream Theater back in the day. And so, uh, yeah, we reunited for that, and then this was, you know, the next... Uh, the next part of it. So that was cool. I mean, Mike and I had stayed in touch through all the years anyway. I mean, right. we were always, it was never like a big separation between us. Um, so it was awesome to, you know, to finally get this to happen again. Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, there's some great, great tracks on here. Beating the Odds, again, this this amazing track with heaviness. And again, I hear the the hopefulness in that. Let's, let's talk about the liquid evolution. Now, those are some real interesting sounds on that and it almost yeah. sounds like an underwater type of vibe or something what is that because that's yeah. keyboards right that's you getting those sounds I'm... well yeah i mean a lot of it is the keyboard sound um so that's mostly an improvisation but sonically speaking i wanted to create something that was really special so i went into my software and some of the hardware things i had and i just worked on a sound that i thought was really neat i mean we wanted to connect it a little bit to uh I think the song was called Osmosis on the previous uh, Liquid Tension album. So I was looking for a sound in that kind of uh, timbral range. Right. So, so, so yeah, so once I got the sound, once I made the sound, then I was like, right. okay, well, I can play and use the sound to create something nice. And then we, then we improvised. Right on, right on. And there is an amazing cover on the record, Rhapsody in Blue, just very unique take on the Gershwin classic. Was Gershwin an influence on you? I know you're very diverse with your... Yeah, what so, you... yeah, I always loved Gershwin because, you know, he really mixed jazz and classical together, and I was always interested in mixing styles together, even as a young kid going to Juilliard. So uh, Gershwin was, like, right up my alley, and I'd right. play some of his songs, like, from Porgy and Bess growing up. And so doing Rhapsody in Blue was definitely in my wheelhouse, and I felt comfortable... Uh, stylistically that we were actually adding other elements to this fusion that already exists in Gershwin's music. So take the jazz classical, add a little bit of rock and a little bit of prog and maybe some other influences sneaking in there and you kind of got what we, what we did. Awesome. I love Shades of Hope, another really beautiful song that I love the way the guitars and keyboards kind of work oh, together nice. on that. Oh, yeah, cool. so much uh, good stuff. Again, it's the Liquid Tension Experiment 3. And right. uh, Number Petrucci, three, believe it or not. Levin, Portnoy, and Rudis. Great stuff. Um, let's talk about Dream Theater. There is a live record, live release coming out, right, on the way, Images and Words. Right, right. We have our new series coming out, The Lost, Not Forgotten. Uh, I think that's what we're calling it. Right. Yeah, very exciting to kind of... I know the Dream Theater fans are going to be very, very excited. You know, they love... 
whatever we can find in the vault right. to, yeah. uh, you know, to give them. And this is going to be a big, long project of releases and excited to get it off the ground. Absolutely. And there is new music in the works too, right? We're yeah, looking at a new release yeah. maybe this fall. Um, that's not, we don't have a definite uh, release day, but we've been in the studio um, and we recorded all the tracks for a new album that we're very, very excited about. I think the fans are going to freak out. And uh, right now we're going through the whole, you know, mixing, mastering, production, promotion and all that kind of stuff uh, to get ready for the release in the fall. Awesome. Cannot wait. I mean, you're staying so busy. There's also uh, solo music, I believe, in the works. And 2019, you had the Heartfelt record, right? That and- was a record, actually, that I did for a company that does uh, like licensed music for television and movies. Oh, really? Okay. So it was actually geared towards that. But as part of what they do, they also put it out like on Spotify and iTunes oh, and stuff wow. like that. So it's not, quote unquote, a Jordan Rudis album like the way you know an album right. would be it was music specifically prepared for television movie licensed music yeah but I did release an album that was somewhat in a similar vein uh, not that a couple months ago called A Chapter in Time right. that was more like that's an album and that was like a musical diary like something that I did as a kind of reflection on the times that we've been going through i would go to the studio and i would just like get a sound and just play from my heart uh and you know just all the feelings and emotions and i captured a whole bunch of stuff i didn't really know that it was going to be an album until i had a bunch of stuff and i was like you know what this is kind of cool because it really is telling the story of where my head was at and where the world was at at in this very bizarre time period absolutely and what what else besides music outside of the world of music has kept you busy or entertained during this past year um well i mean you know music is pretty much everything in my life but um and everything around it like one of the things i did uh during this whole period of time is i started a patreon which was very cool yeah because when the whole lockdown happened i i was like streaming every day i would just put my camera down my iphone down on the piano and i'd literally just go on facebook i would just play for everybody and after about 40 times of doing that i thought to myself well this is this feels really good to me and people like it but maybe i shouldn't be giving the music away for free like maybe that's a bad message for like all the other musicians in the world so i was looking around for a way to like make have it make more sense and so i so i found the patreon platform and that's been amazing because it allows people to you know give something a little bit back and it allows me to kind of freely do all the things that i like to do like streaming and educating and doing chats and you know messaging with people directly it's been really cool and looking ahead into 2022 of course we're probably going to have this new dream theater record later this year are we imagining a big tour for next year or is it too early to say well dream theater is looking at touring uh also in the fall in the fall at this point we're we're you know we're obviously waiting for the go the green light, but all eyes are kind of like looking at that period of time and we're ready to go. And as soon as we get the word. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. And yeah. would there ever be any live dates with liquid tension experiment? I would hope so. I would love to do that. You know, because of the time period, it's kind of like, it's hard to talk about like anything but dream theater. Cause yeah. we all need dream theater to get back. Cause it's like our livelihood and even like our, tour manager yeah production manager they're like when are we gonna tour again so we can't really 
give much thought to like liquid tension touring at the moment but as soon, as soon as things start to roll again right then we'll then we'll be able to do that figure it out but we'd love to do it at some point sure awesome and what can the fans expect on this current tour that you're on as far as the set lists go any any sneak peek you can give us into what we're going to see tonight or here tonight? Yeah, so I put I had a lot of fun putting this whole piano thing together. You know, my wife Danielle was like, you know, because I was working like every day, like working on all these hard pieces. She was like, you know, you could just walk on stage and play. Like you don't have to do right. all this. I was like, maybe, but it's kind of like what I do. Like so, I, I was you know, I put together some pieces that are quote unquote harder hard like i took uh, one of the songs off the new liquid tension album that we did like as a band and i arranged it for piano cool so it's definitely not easy but i took the time and i did it and then um and then i also went back and took a couple of the more proggy things you know from the other albums and doing that too so uh it's a mixture of that and some music from this a chapter in time album that i did so it's really super mellow and kind of thoughtful playing a little bach uh, oh, cool. on this as well and just kind of take you for a little jordan style musical journey you know we cannot wait and thank you so much for spending some time with us before your show here in south orange new jersey at the great sopac theater we appreciate that you're out there doing it again awesome thank you my friend thanks for spending the time and coming here to say hello all right all right that was jordan from dream theater and liquid tension experiment and briefly of deep purple doing pretty cool to hear him talk about doing that last show with deep purple he started telling emily that story as i was setting up the mics and i was like oh god i gotta get him to repeat this for the I podcast know, yeah I know. so many stories are like lost off when we're not recording so i know you got to him he went back a little bit to talk about it yeah um you know, I was, I was impressed to hear that he was a Juilliard graduate. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I mean, amazingly talented guy. I'm excited to hear the set list tonight because it sounds like he's going to mix everything from Bach to, you know. Dream theater, yeah. To dream theater, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, so. so we will be heading over there shortly. We're just, uh, the interview is at 530. You know, it was a, whatever, 14-minute interview, and we're still, we're hanging at the restaurant now, and it's getting closer. I'm like, we could probably head over there in 15 20 minutes you know it's 7 perfect 15 right now I want to give a big shout out to Steven Saylor just texted me as we're sitting here eating hey Steven how are you man Steven said he got his uh, Moderna vaccine today that's awesome so far only a sore arm well I hope that is all you have and you know it is uh, great that people are out there getting vaccinated we had another member of our family vaccinated today our 12 year old son Harrison was vaccinated so how great and you know jordan rudis of dream theater was vaccinated and you know he said he he took off his mask when we told him that we were vaccinated i showed him my vaccination card <laughs> and he was like oh we don't need to wear masks then because i'm vaccinated too but we left ours on kind of out of respect to the the theater but there's a cool picture of jordan and i jordan and i up on my instagram and let's get into the interview with charlie from anthrax do you remember I don't know if this is the the last time I interviewed him was in the barn. Remember the barn? Oh, how could I forget the yeah. barn? The poop he barn. He remembered it, yeah. The, the manure. Oh, he did? Yeah, I think I may have interviewed him <laughs> one time since then, but maybe not. Charlie I don't know. didn't throw a fit. The only one that really threw a fit about the, the manure barn was <laughs> Scott I Ian. <laughs> yeah, which in Scott's defense... I, I get oh, it. Oh, come on. Yeah. He, it was like a 4-H fairground, you know, like, 
I grew up in Indiana, so that stuff doesn't really phase me. It, I don't think it was that big of a deal. I really don't. But maybe that's just me. We are hanging out here at, where are we, Emily? What's the name of this restaurant? The Fox and something? Fox and Fallon? Wait. Falcon, right? Falcon. <laughs> Fallon. Fox, Fox and Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> I yeah, just drink yeah, a fish tank of right. Of yeah, that wasn't half ice, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Fox and phallus. Fox and phallus. Fox. Fox and frolic. Anyways, we got Charlie Benente of Anthrax coming up right now here on Talking Metal, and the Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison tour. Emily pushed to our anniversary of 20, uh, June twenty second, twenty twenty two. No, June 25th. 25th, yeah. Oh, my God. Who's had too much to drink now? <laughs> you're like, you, you've had one beer, and you can't even remember our anniversary? Right. No, I remember. Really? Our, no, yeah. I'm putting you on the spot here. I'm grilling you. <laughs> I remember our There's anniversary. no editing this out, by the way. Right. We can edit it. 25th, this though. Um, right. You were thinking 2022, though. Yeah. That's, yeah. I'll, I'll forgive you for that. But, yeah, I mean, Mark was like, so should, it's our anniversary. Should we, should, you know, cancel the tickets? Because they gave us the option to do that. Yeah, they did give us a um, refund option. And I was like, heck no. I mean, what what more perfect anniversary than us going to a show, probably one of our first big stadium shows back, Right. Well, potentially. Potentially, we'll yeah, we'll see. We'll see, definitely. Yeah, no, it sounds awesome. It sounds awesome. I do want to go down to the Virgin Islands to celebrate our 15-year anniversary, which was um, canceled for last year. Did you actually... Did you actually have something reserved for Turks and Caicos, or were you? No, I, you were I met with a, uh, a travel yeah. agent at the at the uh, Liberty Travel, which is the same place I think we used to book our honeymoon. Our honeymoon, <laughs> <laughs> not the same location, different which location. Is amazing. Our honeymoon yeah. spot is gone. It was blown away in the hurricane. Yeah. yeah. Um, Canile Bay. If anyone knows that in St. John, paradise. Right. Right. Do you on. remember that sea turtle that I made friends with? Yeah, He's my there was best numerous friend. ones. Yep. Anyways, here we go. My interview with Charlie from Anthrax. Hey, it's Mark Striegel at Talking Metal, and we are welcoming back to the podcast Charlie from Anthrax. Charlie, how are you, man? I'm doing good. How are you, Mark? I am good, and I've interviewed you numerous times through the years, but the, the one that always sticks out in, in my mind is us standing in a barn in upstate New York with like uh, horse manure all over the place behind us. Do you remember that interview? Yeah, we were playing a festival. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I do remember that. And yeah. uh, and the funny thing about it was like there were different interviewers set up in the barn and you would do one and then you'd move over and you'd get closer and closer to the smell. And it was like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Yeah. Uh, Anthrax, it's a cow disease. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Kind of kind of fits in there somehow. But man, I, I just watched the um, video that you guys put out for Fistful of Metal. You basically what you're doing, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're celebrating the 40 year history of anthrax. And each week a new video is coming out that relates to what the, uh, an album in the band's catalog, correct? Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, we already have four. So we released three last week one this week and then tomorrow is another one okay cool so tomorrow i believe goes into spreading the, uh, the disease awesome awesome and these are really great little videos because they tell stories and 
Um, I wanted to take you back to Fistful of Metal, which was the first album by the band. And Johnny Z, I recently read his book, and he, he mentions this a little bit in the video you guys did. He really, in the book, he describes you guys as literally stalking him and and really following him around and coming to his his flea market where he had his his booth set up for records. What are your mem- first memories of finding out about Johnny Z and kind of uh, tracking him down? Well, I think for the most part, we we were on a mission and I think we wanted to we wanted to get it to the person that we felt could really deliver it for us, you know? And um, because we didn't know a lot of people back in the day, they weren't like record company people breaking down our doors. So we were doing it in a very independent way. And Johnny was doing shows. He brought over Venom. He brought over Raven, uh, Anvil. And we, we felt that this guy you know, he was thinking like like we were. And he started a label, and we would give him demos. And uh, nah, I'm not crazy about it. But uh, when I joined the band, we started. Things started to change. It the sound started to change. It started to evolve. It, and then he started to take notice of us. And as he states in some of the documentary footage. Um, and he helped us and he really helped our career. And he was the guy. I mean, he was doing it for Metallica. He was, uh, and we felt, you know, part of that family. So he was the guy that was going to do it. And he was him and him and Marsha. And he was with you for a long time. We hear a lot about those early days where you were working with him. But he, he was with you all the way through when John Bush joined, correct? Johnny was with us from... 83 84 till 93 94 wow yeah so and it at what point does he becomes your manager right he became our manager early on early on right cool cool yeah and i was a big fan of the the john bush era stuff i remember seeing you guys play with john for the first time i was at the sixth show you ever did with him which was at the grand in new york city uh, which I believe was right before the sound of white noise came out. How do you look back on that era of the band, the sound of white noise um, and working on that specific record? I mean, that record was, uh, was a new chapter and it was, uh, it was exciting. It was kind of, uh, when I think about it now, it brings different emotions to me because, you know, we had, parted ways with Joey, which was, um, uh, for me, it's kind of tough to talk about that time because I think I was much younger, uh, uh, way more arrogant, more ignorant. And I think, uh, just didn't have the experience back then. Um, and we were just like, we, you know, we had blinders on and we just went, went forward with that. And, uh, Sound of White Noise record to me was one of our best records. When John came in the band, the first song that he pretty much one of the only songs that we had at that time was that song called Only. And John wrote lyrics with Scott for that song and he sang it. And I was 
I was blown away. I felt like this was one of the best songs that ever came out. And once I heard that, I could write more songs with John's voice in mind, and it became so easy for me. And some of the songs in that record, man, to this day are just awesome. Everything from Room for One More to High Pro Glow to Potter's Field to uh, um, Package Rebellion. I mean, there's a lot of great songs on that record, and I would love to play some of those songs again because I miss them. Wow. Yeah, and I, I remember. I think the last time I saw you too uh, with John Bush was definitely a great show, opening for Dio at the the Beacon, two thousand four, which was another yeah. great era for for the band. Do you, any memories of of that era with John? I have a lot of fond memories with John, especially the Sound of White Noise tour and the We Come for You All tour, um, and of course the Dio tour was great. Uh, but you know the thing is, you never, you never get to really appreciate it once you're there. You always appreciate it after the fact. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, seeing Ronnie every night, seeing him backstage, talking here and there. He's always such a gentleman. Always wanted to hear what you had to say. You know, he listened. He didn't. He didn't wait to talk. He just, you know, listened. And uh, yeah, it's just you know, it's a it's a great run and. Ronnie Dio is a, is a fucking icon. Yeah, absolutely. I remember that night too. Chuck D jumped on stage with you guys at the Beacon. I don't know if you recall that. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. good memories for sure. Um, so you've been staying real busy, at least from where I'm sitting. It seems like you've been really busy. And as a fan, it's it's so much fun to see these quarantine jams that you put together and and not just hear them, but again, see them. And a lot of work goes into these, I would imagine, because it's learning the songs, it's it's editing the video, it's recording the songs, it's mixing the songs. Can you talk a little bit about how you put these together? It's getting the people to do the songs with you. Cause a lot of right. people are like, Oh, these guys just turn on the camera and record it. And that's it. It's, you know, it doesn't take much effort, but I see a lot of effort. Oh, there's a ton of effort. Um, for me, it was, uh, it was exciting. It was fun. It was me doing what I love to do from every aspect of it, from learning the songs to actually recording it, to asking, uh, one of my uh, awesome musician friends to be a part of it and them taking the time to learn it and, and lend their talents to it, to then mixing it and spending time just doing that, that whole aspect of it. That, that's, that's so much fun. And then doing a video for it. And it's like, you know, I would always think, well, how do I want to do this? What do I want to do? And some of the videos I, I, I did for this, I, I got kind of artsy, especially the, uh, the massive attack one for the song teardrop i was just like let's 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 make a a goofy mtv video that's what i did thank god we have iphones you know <laughs> because it helped helped a lot and when you say that's what i did are you working with an editor are you editing this stuff yourself how, how are you putting the videos together so i uh a good friend of mine dima uh he is an awesome uh the video editor and he helped me and he i would we would talk about what i want what kind of cut how fast you know let's let's do this can you add some of this to it can you add some of that and then he would just bring it bring it to life 
same with like I, I always wanted to give uh, Andy Andy Lagas who did a lot of the mixing for this. I always would give him notes and say I need the guitar to be out there. You know what I mean? Because it really drives the song. Or you know, or like the Mother Love Bone song, for instance. Uh, I had to kind of learn how to play piano uh, for that song, and um, you know, some of them were, were a bit of a challenge, but. I was so happy afterwards that I actually did it. I challenged myself and I think a few of the other people on it, I kind of pushed them out of their comfort zone too, to, you know, you could do this, man. I know you could do it. I hear it. You know, you could do it. And then boom, they would do it. Right on. And, and, uh, one of the ones I I really loved was the the one you did with, uh, Daryl McDaniels from, from DMC. Oh, it was awesome. So much fun. And I spoke with him and he made it sound like you guys might be doing more work together. Is, is that in the works? Yeah, we have something else uh, that we're working on and I'm just dragging my fucking feet. I just, so, uh, cause I'm doing so much that I really want to concentrate on finishing that because I think that song is really good and it's not a cover. It's, it's original. Oh, wow. Cool. Cool. But uh, no plan for release date just yet on that no cool but all these quarantine videos will be released as a package as an album right yeah yeah it comes out uh comes out may 14th and and again i wasn't going to put this out at all these were just done uh during quarantine and this was basically to help me (laughs) keep sane and the response i got from other people I guess that was helping them too. They looked forward to it and they really enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know, man. It's just like playing cover songs to me is, uh, is a very therapeutic, uh, but it also helps me and teaches me how to do um, real, real songs because I learned so much doing these songs, whether it be the sounds, you know, a lot of the tones, were created in a certain way, um, how to mix them, how to approach them. So it was, uh, it was a learning experience. And I took this whole year to really do that and, and learn my craft. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times we always rely on other people to do it. Oh, here it is. Just do it. But for, for, for me this time, I, I did most of it. That's awesome. And that's kind of what the title is all about. I would think silver lining is what you're calling this, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and, uh, you know, I, I couldn't come up with a title and basically I was talking to someone and I'm like, you know, this whole year I looked through the darkness of this whole, uh, uh virus and this pandemic and there were silver linings. There yeah. actually were silver linings. And I wish other people discovered that or realized that, Yes, we're in a bad way, but there are silver linings to this whole thing. You know, some people got a new right career because of it. Um, and I'm looking at the positive side. Of course, there's a, there's a, a, a negative side. We lost so many people during it. And that that to me is just, I don't know, man, it's just terrible. But uh, again, uh, I can't say enough about that. And I think I'll right. stop from there because I don't okay. want to get too down on it. Right, right. No, I hear you. Um, 
you guys are working on a comic book with Z2 Comics. My friend Josh Bernstein works over at Z2 Comics. And yeah, I cannot wait to see this. Any uh, behind the scene details you can share on the comic book just yet? Um, I mean, basically, so I, I've been myself, I've been trying to do an Anthrax comic book for quite a while now. And I always get sidetracked by something else. Um, I'm trying to tell a story with the last three album covers. And then Josh Bernstein came to us and had this idea. And I was like, that's a great idea. You know, this could be really good. So he asked us who we would want to get to contribute to this. And then we gave him a list of people, you know, and uh, some artists and stuff like that. And bam, everybody agreed to do it. And I was, I was kind of blown away. I was like, holy shit, that's so awesome that we we got these people to, to, uh, contribute to this. So, um, the, the book looks amazing. The stories are amazing. The artwork is amazing. Um, Scott and I worked on the, I am the law story. He did the story. I did the cover and that story is really good too. So it's, it's, it's really well done. Yeah, cool. Well, everything Z2 Comics does is well done. Josh was just over at my house the other day and came over to drink some beers with me and he brought a big stack of, of Z2 Comics for me to check out. So it's <laughs> it's always good to have him stop by. I, I love Josh. He's, he's, he's a great dude. Absolutely. And Anthrax, um, we've heard new music is being worked on. Can you give us an update on where you guys are with that? Or well, maybe, maybe you can't. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, the, the the pandemic put everything on a halt because we didn't want to put a record out during this. So it's going to start up again. Okay. And and yeah, it's it's uh, it's in the process. And are you? I don't want. I don't want to because I don't want to talk about it because it would be like uh, you know kind of premature to, to to tell people about it and then they wait longer. You know so. Right. Let's just say, yes, we are working on a new record. Awesome. Um, a follow-up to For All Kings. Right. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. And do we think that there will be maybe Anthrax live dates this year? Are we talking about that? Yeah. yeah we're playing a bunch of festivals um, this year uh, here in America. You know, the Louder Than Life, uh, um, uh, what's the, the all the Wimmer festivals we're doing? Uh, the ones that Metallica are doing too. Oh, okay, awesome. We're, we're on all of those, um, but we really want to work on this record more so than anything, you know. And that's the focus, I believe. Okay, cool, cool. And the coffee, the coffee's still happening. So <laughs> strong. The coffee's brewing, man. It's like yeah. I smell it right now. Um, of course, I'll never stop doing that. Um, it's a, it's a a labor of love, you know? Um, and every time I turn someone on to the coffee, they always come back with like, dude, this stuff is really good. And when they run out, they really miss it, which is such a great thing. So I'm like, well, you got to get some more. You know? Right. Where's the <laughs> best place to get it? Uh, my website, uh, charliebenante.com or Dark Matter, a coffee company that puts it out. They, they, also, they also do it. But, my my website, you go there and you go have fun, drink right some and, and just get that experience in the morning, fill the house up with the smell of coffee. It's awesome. Absolutely. And 
a lot of people have been binge watching shows and doing a lot of Netflix and Hulu and all that during quarantine. Anything you're watching that you want to recommend to people? What's the last thing that I started watching? Um, I started watching this uh, Kate Winslet show on HBO that yeah, I I'm thought was really it, yeah. good. Yeah. And I watched the Mayor the Nevers. Of yeah. Yeah, Mayor of Easton. That's it. And the Nevers. I, I started watching that. And I'm looking forward to um man, I love I love the Mandalorian this second season. I thought it was awesome. And yeah, me too. I I can't wait for that. And I, I you know, I'm kind of well, this is gonna come out bad, but you know, I was watching The Handmaid's Tale since it came on, and I don't know, man, it just I'm kind of burnt on it because it's like, how many times can you get caught and escape and then get back and then go back and then escape again? It's like end it already, you know? Right. <laughs> kind of, it's like, come on, man. But anyway, right. I do love that show. <laughs> yeah. My wife loves that show. I, I haven't been watching it with her, but she loves that show. And uh, what about Kenobi? Are you uh, excited to see the uh, Kenobi Absolutely. series, Absolutely. I guess next year or later? I don't even know when that hits later this year. I, I think it is next year. Yeah. I think it's 22. Yeah. It's gotta um, be, I would think. But, uh, I'm excited about that. I mean, I love the fact that when John Favreau took over, because he's a big fan, I knew that, okay, this is going to be good. And the attention to detail and, and, and just the way it looks and the story and everything, it's just so awesome. And it's like, I'm, I'm glad that being a Star Wars fan since I was a little kid, uh, I can be happy again and be, you know, proud of what I'm watching rather than watching some, I don't know, a vehicle for, even though I love the toys, but a lot of it was just marketed for, for toys and, 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 and children. But I think the Rogue One movie came out and I think that was the first one that showed that we are going to cater to some of the older Star Wars fans and get right. them back into it. And I think Rogue One, it was great. I also liked the Han Solo movie, to be honest with you. I did, too. I did, too. Yeah. A lot of people couldn't get past the fact that there was no Harrison Ford in that role. But, yeah, I thought it was a good story. Well, I mean, it was young, a uh, young Solo, so they could have done a CGI thing. But um, I didn't mind uh, uh, the actor who who played him. I, I, I thought it was good. I thought it was a good story. And I was I think it didn't do so well because of that last star wars that came out prior to it because that was just terrible and um i think that movie suffered that backlash right could be could be anyways we are completely psyched for everything you have going on charlie silver lining you said out what next week may 14th may 14th okay oh before next yeah. week yeah so by the yeah. time you hear this guys it it will be out so yeah great talking with you charlie all right bro all thanks right. mark oh, i appreciate yeah. it yeah, I hope to see you on the road soon, but you know, next year, I guess, probably. Yeah, man. I'll yeah. tell Eva everything's good. <laughs> okay, cool. Cool. Yeah, Eva's All right, great. Bro. Okay. Have a good night. You too. All right. Big thanks to Jordan from Dream Theater and Charlie from Anthrax and Emily from Maplewood <laughs> <laughs> for joining us on this episode of Talking Metal. 
And uh, yeah, I guess we'll head over to the theater. It should be interesting tonight, Emily. It, it's socially distanced, so right. theater holds like four, three, four hundred people, but no only a hundred tickets went on sale and they all sold out. So, so I feel like we're going to be staggered two by two by two, but staggered every other row. Is that what right. it is? I don't know. I don't know. And, and we have to leave our masks on the whole time. I guess so. Yeah. 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 What if you show your vac- your vaccination card? Because Biden said you don't have to wear. <laughs> yeah, but Governor <laughs> no, Murphy sir. said he, we're we're still masked up here indoors in New Jersey yeah, for the time. As being. we should be. I guess. I don't know. I'm, I believe. I'm, so, I'm so going to be wearing my mask for a while. My glasses fall down my uh, nose well, whenever I, know, I wear them, and then I can't you see. You gotta wear it's your bo- mask. Yeah. I'm wearing my mask for a while, y'all. Even right. though I'm fully vaccinated, I'm not right. taking mine off. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will. I will wear it where I need to. If I go into a store and, and it's required, of course I'll put it on. But I just feel like uh, I'm not gonna walk the dogs wearing a mask anymore. No, right? and we haven't done that for quite a while. Yeah, that's true. We were ahead of the curve. <laughs> well, we were vaccinated <laughs> pretty early because yeah. we were lucky. Yeah, we were definitely. Essex County, New Jersey, I thought did a great job with the vaccination. Um, thing and uh, yeah, good stuff. So let's uh, let's call it a night here, as we head over to the SoPak in South Orange, New Jersey, to watch Jordan Rudis perform a set of Bach, Dream Theater, Liquid Tension Experiment, and other other uh, stuff. Can't wait to see this first concert in a long time. All right, thank you guys.